and welcome to another episode of Fan Theories. I'm your host, Emily Kelly. And I'm Peter Cunin. This is um, probably my most favoriteest of episodes that we've done in the six episodes <laughs> that we've done on this show. And and fun fact, this is actually why we started the show. It is. Of, we'll get to the theory that started our interest in maybe talking about fan theories. Oh, uh, the anticipation. anticipation. It's a good one. Okay. It involves... No, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not spoil- even gonna say it. No spoilers. No. So, if you listen to any of the other their podcasts, you've probably heard me talk about what this month's theme is. And of course, it is Harry Potter. Harry Potter. It is actually, if you're listening to this on Monday, right when it comes out, July 31st, it is Harry Potter's birthday. Happy Canonical birthday. birthday. I believe it's also J.K. Rowling's birthday. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I nice. think she, she gave Harry her own birthday. That makes sense. So yeah, I, you make yourself the hero in the story. Yeah, exactly. So Harry would be 36 years old today, I think. 36, 37. Damn. Yeah, he's, he's 36. Old. He was born in 1981. Damn, what a grandpa. I know. Does he? Do you think he has grandkids by now? No, he's, he has three kids. We, no we grandkids? No, because because the epilogue in the seventh book is is like 19 years later or something. So he, he would be like 34, 35, I think. So we, we just saw his youngest go to Hogwarts last year. Like, Very cool. Canonically. So obviously I know a lot about Harry Potter as you've listened to me talk for like a minute about it. Um, so I, I want to start off by saying that Harry Potter, just for me personally, I, I know this is, this isn't, you know, anything surprising if you've ever listened to me or follow me on Twitter or anything. Do you know who this person is? <laughs> Have you met me? Um, Harry Potter has met just, just an undescribable amount in my life, like the, the meaningfulness in my life of, um, I first discovered Harry Potter right when it came to the United States. Like, I think it was released in like September of 1998 and I got it in December for Christmas. And it was just like a book. I was, I was a ferocious reader at this point. I was in third grade. I'd already been reading chapter books on my own. And I just asked for a book for Christmas because I liked witches and magic and it sounded cool. It was just starting to be very popular in the UK. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. And I remember cracking it open on um, my grandfather's couch on Christmas Day after we, you know, done all our present stuff. And that was it. Like, it just changed my whole life. And, um, you know, it really got me through a lot of bad times in my life of, and, and I've written about this, um, about how Harry Potter saved my life, because it really, really did of, you know, I, I have um, anxiety and have suffered from depression. And Harry Potter just was always there. You know, you, it didn't matter what happened in school or at home that you could always go to Hogwarts and Hogwarts could be your home. And Harry and, and Hermione and Ron and Neville and Luna and, and McGonagall, even McGonagall I wanted to be friends with, um, could be your friends. And um, I think that's really, I mean, that's the, the, the real magic of these books is that it has affected people's lives so much, um, especially mine. So um, babe, how, how did you get into Harry Potter? Um, I got into it a couple years after like, it was released. So I guess during the hype and, uh, I think I did it mostly for school, uh, just so, you know, to read something. I was into video games. It was eighth grade. So I was definitely into video games, <laughs> Starcraft, Warcraft. Um, but yeah, so I read the book starting from there and I, I fell in love with it just like, you know, everybody did. Um, and then it meant even more when I met you when you were mm-hmm. so attached to it. Mm-hmm. When I cry every time we talk about <laughs> I cry every movie, cry reading the books at home. Um, even though reading the 
rereading the books as an adult is such a funny experience because you realize kind of like what an idiot Harry is. <laughs> Harry is so dumb. He's so dumb. Like he's not good at magic at all, but whatever. It's somehow. I think, yeah, I, I think JK really wrote herself as Harry and Hermione sort of together. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you're dumb and sometimes you're brilliant, you know? So I think together they obviously make a great team. And then Ron is there to goof off. And so yeah. together they make like a complete human being. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, they all fit under the invisibility cloak too. I, they, until they get too big and then their feet show because Ron's too tall. Yes. And yes. maybe other things are happening, which would maybe not be fun for all three people to be under the cloak. Puberty. It was puberty. Yeah, it was puberty. <laughs> so what Hogwarts Owner. house? What, <laughs> what Hogwarts house are you in? I am Ravenclaw. And I am a Slytherin. Don't boo. I hear the boos on the other end here. Slytherins are not all that bad, okay? We're resourceful. and No and, boos. No you boos. Know, no boos, okay? Come on. So, do you have a favorite character? My favorite character is probably Luna. That's a good favorite character. Luna Lovegood, yeah. Why? Why is she your favorite? She's just so out there and spazzy. And, and probably the smartest, besides Hermione. Oh, but yeah, very smart. Yeah, but you don't see her brilliance. You know, she's just sort of, you know, eccentric like that. Yeah. My favorite character is Neville. Um, because like Neville, you know, I uh was a late bloomer, <laughs> both physically and probably uh, you know, talent wise, that I didn't come into my own till till a little bit later with the help of some really cool friends and, and people who believed in me. And I think Neville for me at least represents that like you the bravest people are some of the most quiet and that anyone can be a hero if you believe in something strong enough. Or if you get the sword of Gryffindor. Or if you get the sword of Gryffindor. And but, wear, but because you're awesome. Because you're awesome. I mean, you wear sweet, like, sweater vests all the time. <laughs> I love the sweater vest. And I love the sweater of, vest. You really grow into your, yourself. Yeah. You know? We actually have a good Neville theory um, in our subtopics. So I'm excited to talk about that one because I, I never really thought about that before. What, the one that we're going to talk about. So I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about. Super excited. So well, let's first start off with our main topic. So this is probably the most popular fan theory in the Harry Potter fandom and probably the one that honestly makes the most sense. And that is the Dumbledore is death. So in the context of this, in the tale of the three brothers from the Beetle and the Bard, this book that now is published and you can own, but that Dumbledore gives Hermione. Or you can just watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Or you can just watch it or in the movies. I, we, we, <laughs> I refreshed right before. <laughs> In that context, in the story, to sum up, you know, it's the story about three brothers, magical brothers, wizards. Um, they don't say wizard, but they say magic users. They cheat death, essentially. And death tries to trick them into coming, bringing about their own demise. And so the eldest brother asks for a the most powerful one ever in existence. The, the middle brother asks for the ability to resurrect people. Almost and, cool. Almost cool. And then the third brother, the most humblest, the typical you know younger brother, littlest brother, asks for the ability to go forth and you know not be followed around by death. So he gets an invisibility quote. Exactly. So, and this obviously sounds familiar to book readers and movie movie watchers alike, because these are the three deathly hollows. And that's why this story is so important in, in the lexicon of, of Harry Potter. So, but obviously the three brothers are important. The ho- deathly hollows are important, but the other very important character in the story is death himself. Yeah. And so fans have theorized that Dumbledore represents death, just as Voldemort, 
Snape, and Harry represent the three brothers. So it's a it's a super cool theory um, because it's basically like a theory within a theory almost. Yeah. Because the tale of the three brothers is one of those, just like we have in in our our Muggle sort of mythology, of that it's based on true events or based around true events. Is that the pe- people believe in in the magical world that the three brothers were the Percival brothers, and one of the Percival brothers is actually related to Harry as a distant relation. So it's one of those things where the legend, perhaps it really happened this way, or 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 because obviously the Deathly Hollows are real. So why wouldn't the three brothers be real? And why wouldn't they have actually com- been confronted with death or a, you know, death incarnate sort of character? It's too bad there isn't like a, um, some sort of historian, magic historian. I mean, who, there is. Who, yeah, but I mean, it's not like a watcher. You know, it's not like a... Um, I suppose. Who, who's the, the one in the, the Maesters who recorded oh. all of history? <laughs> yeah. We, without us, we'd just be dogs, you know, eating... Waiting for a next meal. That's what it is. Waiting for a next meal. Never knowing what time passes. Yeah, that's from Game of Thrones. Reference. Game of Thrones. Reference. From our last fan theories. Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, there's definitely a lot of magical history. I mean, Professor Ben. Yeah, a but you never, on it, but yeah, but it's like, it, I you know, you know I see what, what you're saying. Mean. I see what um, you mean. Unless you have like the threads of of your memory. Yeah. Um, you know. Oh for sure. Everybody sure. to to you know drop in the Wi-Fi. <laughs> the Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi. Magical Wi-Fi. What was the password? Lemon, lemon sherbet. Lemon sherbet. Yeah. We're not savages. Okay. Um, so, okay. So let's break this theory down a little bit further. Obviously, Harry, Snape, and Voldemort are not brothers. No. But they are... A, they are... Magic brothers. They are magic brothers. They are attached along the line of fate. You know, they their fates are all intertwined with one another. So Voldemort obviously represents the eldest brother in the story. He wants power. Yes, he wanted all the power. That's why he he wanted the elder wand. Snape would represent the middle brother. Um, not so much in that he could bring people back from the dead, but that he has... He longed for. Yeah, he longed for Lily all these years, but that much like in the story of the, the three brothers, when he brings back his long-lost love, you know, she's not the same, and it drives him, you know, to... Well, he doesn't bring Lily back. No, but I mean, like, the, the woman that he is is hanging on to is not the woman that she was when she was living. Like, when, when she was in his mind, like, the, the Lily that he loves is not the Lily that she was when she died. Right. I think is what is what the illusion is there. Gotcha. And then, of course, Harry literally has an invisibility cloak, the invisibility cloak, one would assume, and that's why he is, is the youngest brother. So, Dumbledore, um, I mean... Dumbledore has possessed all three Deathly Hollows at one point, mm-hmm. which in the story originate from death. So they, they don't exactly originate from Dumbledore, but he has been in their possession. He has had them in his possession for a time, for a long time, um, in the case of the Elder Wand and the Invisibility Cloak. Right. Well, how did he have the ring? Um, so the, oh, yes. Yeah, so the Resurrection Stone. The that, Resurrection yeah, Stone. Yeah. Is the ring, is the stone from the... Um, Gaunt family, uh, Voldemort's mother's family. I think that's how you say their last name. Yeah, um, I believe so. so it was in his like ancestral ring, you know, maybe passed down from Salazar Slytherin, um, that kind of line because they have the, the locket as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we brought up a good question before we started to to record was so he used the ring, Voldemort used one of the ring as a horcrux. 
did he know it was a resurrection? So I, I don't think he would have used it as a horcrux if he had known it was the resurrection stone. I mean, we haven't seen it in use though either, have we? No, we don't see it until mm-hmm. until the very end where Harry's walking into the forest and, and turns it over and you know his parents and Cirrus and, and um they kind of come to, to help him. And that's how we know that that's the resurrection. Yes. And well, because uh, Dumbledore had it and it had a curse on it. That's why his hands all effed up like in the, the last book where it um, and had put the stone, the ring in the snitch that he gives Harry upon his death. So no, we didn't see it. So it, it, it wasn't even like until that moment, like that we see it and we're like, oh shit, because Harry's realizing like, I only have two, you know, I could only have two if I beat him and get the elder one. Like, where is the thing? And, but Dumbledore, ever the strategician, ever the, um, he had a plan. He, he was a man with a plan. Where, where do you think he got it from? Like, what do you think happened to his hand? Where do you have to do to get it? Oh, they, t- they tell you in the book. I mean, he, I don't remember the book. yeah, he go. <laughs> that's why I'm here. I know. Tell hey, me. That's why I'm here. Um, he Voldemort had stashed it like so long, you know, whatever years ago, he had figured out, you know, where his family was from, went to confront his uncle. Um, I, I remember that. Forget that the uncle's kind of crazy, like he, he's sort of feral like. And so it was like that ring was the last sort of um, heirloom. And so Voldemort just kind of like took it from him. Like he just Thief. he killed him. And made it the Horcrux. Like I think it was just kind of like a convenience. Like, oh, here it is. It's a it's an heirloom of my family, and I'm gonna stash it in this, you know, disgusting little house, like in a in a village in Britain somewhere. So he just cursed it there, and then Dumbledore had to. Yeah, it. I mean, we saw uh, with the locket, the it ended up being the fake locket, that there was definitely some spell work putting into um, keeping these safe, even if you could discover it and find it. Obviously, Dumbledore had been working for many years to try to track down these horcruxes. And... Um, oh, he wasn't even sure that's what they were. Yeah, he wasn't sure, I don't think, until... He just I think had he clues. said Yeah, he said he wasn't sure until Tom Riddle's diary in the second book. And that was, like, what really tipped him off of, like, oh, man, this is all making sense now. And then when he finally had the last um, pensive... From Slughorn. From Slughorn. That's yeah. when it really yeah. 100% nailed it. Yeah. It. So that was like in book six or whatever. Like yeah. it was like getting down to the friggin' wire. So he must have been chasing, you know, kind of loose theories and, and you know, ideas on what these Horcruxes were and yeah. why they were powerful. Yeah. And I think it was more like he was just trying to track down anything that related to Voldemort. And so he just was like, well, if I go back to his ancestral home, you know, maybe there's something there. So, but just sort of like, because Dumbledore had all these things at once, you know, just, you know, it, it's sort of too weird. Like if Harry and Voldemort and Snape are all the brothers, like then this kind of, it, it points to him being deaf. The other obvious big one is that when Harry quote unquote dies in the forest when Voldemort kills him it's Dumbledore who greets Harry at King's Cross on the other side just as in the tale of the three brothers when the youngest brother is ready to die you know 
he's accepted death, that death greets him like an old friend, just as Dumbledore did. But there's a twist. Harry doesn't go die. up with yeah. him. He doesn't die. <laughs> he's like, BRB, you gotta... He's like, yeah, I'm cool living, actually. Yeah. Go back to that. He's like, BRB, you gotta have sex with my best friend's sister, and like... Gotta pass on the, the cloak. I don't have anybody to yeah, pass it exactly, on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gotta pass on all these things. I like this theory. To be, I think it's... I like it, too. And I know that uh, J.K. Rowling likes it, too. She She pretty much said that yeah I, I like this this theory yeah she never said like oh it's right or it's wrong she just said it was really beautiful and that it fit well you know in the context of the world and yeah obviously like Dumbledore's not literally deaf you know no no but that in this sort of allegorical story that's what the tale of your was is really meant to be is that's allegory that Dumbledore were, would represent death right yeah and I like that yeah. I think it's cool and I think it works too of in the context of like um, death was trying to trick the brothers, and so did Dumbledore. He was trying very tricksy. That Dumbledore. yeah, he was always not in maybe in a malicious way towards Voldemort, and maybe a little bit towards Snape. But um, you know, he he always had a plan, and ultimately dealing with Dumbledore and killing Dumbledore and working with Dumbledore was their downfall. Was Voldemort's downfall and Snape's downfall? Um, and, and kind of Harry's, I suppose, you know, but he, uh, he got better, you know, he came yeah, back. Right. He, he was fine. <laughs> just Jesus did. Yeah. He was just like, oh, I'm fine now. Right. So you like this theory? I like it. Yeah. I like it too. I think it's cool. And yeah, it's one of these where it doesn't, there's no real right answer to this theory. It's just sort of a cool thing to think about. And, and props to whoever really first came up with this. I was trying to find out to name drop, but it's kind of one of those older down into the tumbler well of Harry Potter things. I'm sure it was like some brilliant student, you know, somebody just like you who had like a school project and like, oh my goodness, what if? And then they like wrote it and they had the theory and then yeah. so forth and so on. Yeah. If any you listeners do actually know who came up with this or, or where it originated from, tweet it at me or tweet it at us. I would love to to know and, and maybe give them a shout out on the next one. But Absolutely. Yeah, because it's a really, just a really cool, you know, tech of, Tango Joe, my girl Joe. Um, it is a good theory, and I really like it. Me too. Let's get to some um, crazy theories. Oh, man. Harry Potter. There, crazy theories. There are so many. so many. And Where would you even start? I only, picked a, I only picked three, but I want to just mention um, two that we're not going to like go in depth, but I just really, I thought they were really crazy and neat. So one of them is that Lavender Brown is a werewolf. A werewolf. Um... The evidence is like she she in the Battle of Hogwarts you see her like get tackled or bit by Fenrir Greyback and so maybe that she turned into a werewolf and like we never see her again like we never see her after the Battle of Hogwarts there's no mention of her like anywhere she just kind of like goes off so I thought that one was kind of neat to to maybe turn sort of a minor character in into something kind of neat there was also one that was Draco Malfoy was a werewolf huh. and I was like um. No, I, I like I like you said lavender. Yeah, I, I like the idea of lavender being a werewolf. Yeah, she's like she roaming like a superhero magic <laughs> werewolf. She has her own story now because yeah, I don't hear from her anymore. I right? know so, she just like goes off into the woods and yeah, it's like a weird like, cool Van Helsing's it. Yeah. So like, just hunts vampires because <laughs> vampires are real. We know that. Yeah, we know that, and, and werewolves are real too. But yeah, but that's, so, yeah. that's obvious. But yeah. you don't see a lot of vampires in Harry Potter. Ew, yeah, that's true. You know, you see it at um, Slughorn's Christmas party. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and there's mention of them Gilderoy Lockhart writes about them mm. but yeah for the most part. um and the other theory um it kind of ties into this idea you know the horcruxes of that 
you obviously have to kill someone to make a horcrux mm -hmm. and it was kind of like alluded to in the books and like that maybe Jake Rowling has talked about it, that the final step to making horcrux is you actually have to consume the flesh of the person that you killed hmm. so that basically like Voldemort is a cannibal as well as a murderer I'd believe it. I'd buy it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of out there. Um, but yeah, it, it's sort of gross. And I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think that's necessarily true. No, but I mean, like canon. -wise, yeah, like, but I, it I, could I, be. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay, so the first real chaos theory that I have is really fucking funny because <laughs> if you read Dumbledore, Dumbledore, that's what we I have named Dumbledore going back and rereading the books as an adult. And if you ever watched Harry Potter Puppet Pals, like. What um, is the theory, baby? Dumbledore. Oh, Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. Dumbledore. So, so what's it, the theory? It's that Dumbledore hired Gilderoy Lockhart because just because he thought it would be funny. Yeah. Like the guy's a doofus. <laughs> doofus. Doofus. And just like, hey, let's see what happens if he works here. Oh, it's a total shit show. Yeah. But I, I didn't know this would happen. No, you. Yeah, of course you did, Dumbledore. And if you're thinking like, hey. Dumbledore, that's kind of irresponsible to let such a doofus try to be an educator of young minds. Who let the troll in the dungeon? I yeah. bet it was you too. I know, and it was like it's. You're definitely correct. It is very irresponsible um, of Dumbledore to hire such an incompetent um, man as Gilderoy Lockhart. So, but, but I mean, Dumbledore kind of just does things that seem stupid or seem silly, but they really have a greater purpose. And so someone actually pointed out um, to me that, uh, or directed me to JK Rowling saying that it, canonically, Dumbledore knew two of the people that Gilderoy Lockhart tried to like take their work like and pass it off as his own, like he used to memory charm them or whatever. And so Dumbledore knew he was lying. But he couldn't because there's, you know, obviously we see Mrs. Weasley's reaction to Gilderoy Lockhart and all these, you know, legions of female fans. That Dumbledore knew he couldn't, like, say anything about him because they would just, you know, yeah. come to his rescue. So he thought, well, what's a good way to basically, again, once again, this Dumbledore being tricksy to lead yourself to your own demise, or just like, that he said, well, I'll hire him, and he'll be an idiot, and the can, kids won't learn anything, right. and he's obviously incompetent. So out himself. Yeah. And then we can fire him, and he'll be a joke. Exactly. But so, But even better, what happens? Yeah, like, even better... It, Dumbfounds himself. Yes, and founds himself. Exactly, and so he's he was both found out to be a fraud, but it, I kind of took it a little too far. But I mean, but that was Gildor's fault, not yeah. so much Dumbledore's, is that now he's and Ron for not having a problem. <laughs> I mean, that that really that that episode, that movie came down to Ron being inadequate. Yeah, that that it was basically like yeah. three part fault. Yeah, of just Dumbledore hiring him, even though he was nonsense. Ron having a proper wand, and Gildor Lahart being a, a, a fraud fraudulent uh uh meanie meanie yeah try not to curse too much because i hope um oh the little ones children's listen to this harry potter episode hi go to bed <laughs> yes um this is not generally a, a pg show yes we, apologize. we will maybe try to be a little better from now on okay but. um but yes I think, I mean, it just seems really funny to me that he would think that. That he's like, yeah, I'm just going to do it because it'd be funny. <laughs> Why not? But very in his character. Yeah, very in his character. So the next one we got, um, Harry is an immortal now. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. Can you see it? I mean, so where this, this theory stems from, so Trelawney's um, prophecy goes something like either must die at the hand of the other for neither can live while the other survives. So most of us take that to be that one of them has to kill the other. Right. right. So you take it face value. Yeah. But it has to be alive. It'll be dead. <laughs> yes. But if you, if you have a very sort of loose interpretation as, as one um, injured user, um, HP Wombat, holla, um, does, they believe that this could also be interpreted to mean that only the other could kill them. So because Voldemort is dead, does that mean Harry will never die? Like he might get old, but if someone like dueled him or like tried to slit his throat or something like, very violent. Very violent. <laughs> sorry, someone tried to stab him, or like he got yeah, hit by a car. Sorry, um, sorry. Who, I was he... gonna get really, really nasty <laughs> there for a really second. Really dark, just like really super dark. Okay, but would he die? Is the question. If you are going to do this sort of in-depth uh, um, interpretation of of Trelawney's prophecy, yeah, I don't know. I. It would be kind of weird if he just lived forever. I mean, it also says neither can live while the other survives, and they were both alive. I guess Voldemort was technically not entirely alive when he was split into his Horcrux. So Harry came into this world, and then the prophecy was born, Mm -hmm. and then Voldemort tried to kill the kid. The kid killed him. Mm -hmm. He was split into you know pieces, so he wasn't really alive life yeah and then they had to fight again and then Voldemort dies yeah right so Harry dies and then Voldemort dies right yeah right so they both die and then Harry comes back to life yeah because the resurrection stone no because Voldemort love because love god damn everyone because love um yeah because Voldemort actually just killed the horcrux inside Harry instead of Harry like, like the piece of... He, he accidentally made the horror crooks inside him. <coughs> yes. And then he accidentally killed himself by shooting the horror crooks. Yeah, pretty much. What a freaking moron. <laughs> yeah, how did he not understand this he very the complex, stone. dark friggin' thing of magic? I came across a bit of... Dark magic. Dark magic in the, in the restricted section. In the restricted section. section. Yes. I love it. I love also, I talk about this on Wednesday in Westeros, um, but if you're a Game of Thrones fan too, you'll probably love the fact that Sam has to ask Professor Slughorn if he can go into the restricted section of the Maester Hogwarts. I mean, his name, his name isn't Slughorn. His name is <laughs> Maester. Archmaester whatever, but yeah. he'll always be Slughorn to me, Arch- James. Just call him Archmaester Slughorn. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to call him that because I don't know his name. Yeah. His name is Archmaester right. or Slughorn. So right. now he's Archmaester Slughorn. Perfect. So, I mean, I don't think this theory is true, but I kind of liked it because you never know. Like, I guess we'll know, like, in a hundred years or something. Like, um, you know, I hope we're alive in a hundred years to and celebrate Harry's 136th birthday. Yeah, I mean, we'll see if we, we can all be at least Bilbo's age. That'd be yeah, amazing. Yeah, 111th. 111th birthday. <laughs> okay, Bilbo, you've had a few. Uh, you said it, it was Professor Tawny that made these predictions, correct? Yeah, Miss Professor Trelawney okay. of, like... Oh, Trelawney, that's Yeah, right. yeah, of, in that prophecy, in the prophecy about Harry... Yeah. Slash maybe Neville. Yeah, but, but she's Harry. also not the most accurate. She is absolutely accurate. Oh, oh, prove me wrong. Okay, so this is... I was going to put this theory in here, but 
it was not enough time for me to go over all this stuff. So basically, Sum up. so her, so, so there's, <laughs> let me, let me pause. <laughs> so there's one part. Okay. So, um, she, a bad job I know, I'm sorry that she says to Harry, are you born in winter, the dead of winter? And he goes, no, I'm born in July. And everyone laughs. Voldemort's birthday is December 31st. Right. So she would have maybe recognized the piece of Voldemort's soul inside Harry. She said that he was in grave danger, that he was going to die. He thought it was from the Grim, which was actually serious, but it was it was legit, you know, Death Eaters and, and Dementors and, and bad people. Um, when she comes to Christmas dinner and she says, um, oh, no, it's an uh, unlucky number, 13. The first person to rise at a table of 13 dies. Um, because Scabbers was in Ron's pocket, there already was 13 when she joined, and Dumbledore is the first to get up, and he's also the first one to die. Oh, man. Boom! Well, um, you know, she got some, there were some inaccuracies there, okay. right? Well, right? just in, in hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty, I suppose, you know. And I'm going to just side with Hermione, who just like, <laughs> you know, I was going to say, you know, more profanity, 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 this, profanity, profanity. There you go. Okay. Summed All right. Up. Well. I don't think this theory is true, but it would be interesting if it was. Yeah. So this is the theory, you guys. This is the theory of why Peter and I wanted to start this show. Because we were driving home from somewhere. We're talking about Harry Potter. As we usually do. As we usually do. Or Star Trek or or Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or whatever else geeky stuff that we talk about all the time. They get it. They get it. And so Peter goes, like, our households... Were they always like that? Like, were they always this, like, slave race? And yeah, I was like... like, born into slavery? That seems really awful. Yeah, and I I had no idea. And so I'm, like, trying to Google it. I stumped it. her, and I was, like, I was really surprised with myself. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't know. Do they get kidnapped, like Oompa Loompas? Yeah. <laughs> and so this theory is, like, all-encompassing, because I really could not find any answers of what's the deal what's the deal with the house though like so the only thing i could find was so some fruit i somewhere indentured i know and so and i just don't know and so i looked up in in fantastic beasts and where to find them the the book the actual book and on pottermore as much as i could find about house elves and basically they're just like little creatures that they are super loyal to families and that they have their own brand of magic but that's it there's like no backstory i'm like they're they're the only apparently the only elves in the wizarding world so they say house elves just because most of them live in a house obviously but like yeah were they forest elves yeah like to be house i like it seems super sinister like i mean nobody is saying i know like and i mean hermione is trying to help them and so but then my other question is like (laughs) like who made up all these rules for them like the clothes thing jk rowling did i know but like in the context of the wizarding world like canonically like did they make up this rule like is this just something they're born knowing and feel like is it no from... i'm sure it was a super ancient tradition right I, I and so know. all of the elves were taken captive essentially and oh <laughs> no I'm, I'm serious here yeah and the entire society of human and elves became i don't want to say symbiotic because i don't think the elves gain anything but it became uh what's what's a good term a parasitic almost where we you know took them they help us 
and through some magical law, they are only bound, they are bound to us and only are free if we give them an article of clothing, which would, which would give them an identity. Yeah. I just, it feels really sad because, because they have laws for magical creatures and laws about magical creatures that we see, you know, in the ministry. And so I feel like in my mind, I'm like whispering about it. I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, like did all these years, like they kept this rule in the books about that you have to like, I mean, we saw how the, the blacks treat their, their, um, house creature. elves, we, creature. We saw, um, obviously, Dobie was super abused by the Malfoys. Like, I can't, I just can't believe, like, that that modern wizards would allow this kind of abuse to continue. Well, it's, I mean, it's just like Trump era, you know, where the worst in people comes out when they have somebody to, like, look up to, somebody who they can follow. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But it's really sad. It made me really sad. And I'm glad yeah, the to The world's know- an awful place, and Harry Potter's I- so different. <laughs> I guess that was kind of one of those like realization moments of like, oh shit, like these house elves are so mistreated. Yeah. How did they end up like this? And I, I know that the ones from Hogwarts <laughs> are very work, treated. And yeah. yeah, who work at Hogwarts. I don't even think they're, they're not slaves. Are they? No, they make money. Free. Dumbledore pays them money. And a lot of them don't know what to do with it. Yeah, they, they just have this money, like stuff like they're technically it's shiny free. it is shiny like maybe they just keep it like yeah, we, cool. we saw a creature just has this like little weird nest of <laughs> nonsense mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah but i just i'm this set this but made it, me sad <laughs> would it be called an, an elf nest an elf warren perhaps <laughs> nice yeah yeah just a little den of burrow treats. an elf burrow i like elf burrow yeah i think that's cute it was like yeah. that's a place we should live I, we live in Elfborough, England. Oh my god, I bet that is a real place. Oh, I, I hope so. I hope so too. Um, if you guys have any ideas on this theory or more information than I do, please, please let me know, or let's commiserate on how freaking awful it is because I hate it. It makes me sad. <sighs> okay, you know what else makes me sad? <laughs> Why are there so few students at Hogwarts? Um, this theory came from an interview in Scholastic way back in 2000, um, J.K. Rowling said that there was probably just about a thousand students at Hogwarts while Harry and Hermione and Ron were attending. So some some math wizards out there thought this up and that that's basically about 35 students per house in each year. So for, you know, 35 and first, 35 and second, whatever. And so that still seems quite low to me. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I had I mean, good 30, class sizes. Yeah. Like I, I had 35 kids in my one class. <coughs> Excuse me. Not even my grade. And so the only thing that really struck me about the series in the books, you know, here it talks about like, Oh, the, the third year boys dormitory and it's him and, and, and Neville and Dean Thomas and, and um, Seamus and Ron. And like, that was it. It was like those five dudes. And, and you didn't get any inclination like that there was another room somewhere. Like that we kind of met everyone, at least Gryffindor's in Harry's year, Harry and Hermione's year. Like, yeah, it's kind of depressing. There's very few wizards out there. Yeah, and, and so that was my first thought. Like maybe magic is just really 
common. I suppose there could be many other schools. Well, yes, there are other schools. I mean, there's. Well, the... I'm saying like many other schools. We've seen, you know, a few, and we know that there are yeah. three in the United States. But it'd or, be nice to yeah, see. Yeah, one in the one in the United States, three in Europe. Oh, one, one in Canada, Asia. one in Canada too, right? Oh, I don't remember the Canadian. There, there's a whole thing. There was like a. Um, uh, one of these companion books where they talk about the other schools because there was like a potion making contest. So I only remember Hogwarts, obviously, um, Liver Moni, the, the American one, Drumstring, Drumstring, uh, Batons. There was a Japanese and one in Japan. Um, and there was a couple other ones. But yeah, I mean, still though, mm-hmm. in, in the whole of, of Britain, and you would assume kind of, Ireland, uh, Wales, Scotland area, that there would be more magical kids. So a Tumblr user, hey Tumblr, um, Marauders Forever hypothesized that kids born around that same time when Harry was born in in the 80s was during the time of Voldemort's reign of, of terror. And so coupled with the people who would have joined the Order of the Phoenix and died, civilians who would have died and then people who maybe just didn't want to bring children into this world um with Voldemort in it uh maybe decreased the the birth rate at that point but like it would have had to be there wouldn't have had <laughs> there would have been not very many wizards to start with if the birth rate dropped that drastically Do you that's know what I mean? true right but still that's really sad if that's why yeah There's like so few yeah, because they never really, I mean, I haven't really found, like, a death toll. I don't think that exists anywhere of how many people died. We know characters who have died, but, like, a total people who died or fled or remained or, or Cruciatus cursed, you know, like Neville's parents into sort of a vegetable state. You know, there's no numbers on that, but still, I mean. That's what I'm saying. They need a historian to check this stuff. I feel like JK is, like, moving into that role. Like, she can't stop. Like, she's just going to release books for Harry Potter forever. Well, I think also she gets such a great positive response from it it's hard not to love a creation of yours that gets such attention yeah so i think that's wonderful that she's continuing with it and i, I gotta say i love the pottermore site i love the pottermore site but I, I liked it even more when you could interact with it when you could do the potions and you could collect uh different things for your house and then every every few months i think it was every season um one of the houses would win depending on who yeah. had the highest score and so i was doing work for ravenclaw <laughs> Oh man, that was so much fun. I, you know, just have 10 minutes here or there. You do some potions and yeah. rank up some points. And you do learn a lot. I mean, you learn things like these Well, they don't facts. have that anymore is what I'm saying. Yeah, they don't they have, have that anymore. anymore. But they still have a lot of information on there, which is where we get a lot of these theories, to be honest, a lot of this information. But we digress. Um, As we do a lot. I know. Of we're show. sorry. We, we just I'm get, not sorry. We just get really I ain't excited. Sorry. Yeah, I'm I ain't sorry. sorry. We just get really excited. So. <laughs> You know, I don't know if that's the exact reason why there's so few students at Hogwarts. And, like, maybe there's just more in different houses. You know, bravery is is such a beautiful and rare quality in humans that maybe there just were less Gryffindors and that the houses were kind of spread out a little bit more. Like, you know, Gryffindors No! Gryffindor is great. All it's, the houses are that, Yeah, I, I don't like that theory. I, I would prefer maybe that Hogwarts is just a bigger school you know perhaps in a lot of other schools you get maybe allocated to a not so fancy wizarding school that'd be a really funny um 
uh, web series. Oh, fancy wizarding school. Poor wizarding no, school. Poor wiz- yeah. wizarding school. So like in the boondocks or. I feel know, like the, the tuition in Hogwarts is quite manageable. I mean, the, the Weasleys send like seven kids there. And they are very poor. That's true. Yeah. All right, let's get on to the next subtopic. Unless you had anything more about... No, just okay. sad about it. Yeah, let's, let's talk about... <laughs> okay, Neville wasn't that bad at magic. I know oh! he's your favorite character, but let me get into the, the okay. you know, okay. broader strokes here. Uh, so he's not that bad at magic, even though he sort of seems that way. He's very clumsy. Um, but the book states that the wand chooses the wizard. And when using another wand spells, it's not going to work, right? Not going to work well. We see that a lot with um, Ron when he breaks his wand. Mm-hmm. And uh, Voldemort using Lucius's... Uh, Lucius Malfoy's wand. Um, and we know that Neville uses his father's wand as a tribute to him. So he could go from there. I mean, oh, that, that's wonderful, God. right? Isn't that beautiful? Oh, so beautiful. So, yeah. So, for the books and the movies, Neville is just kind of like, he's not very good. Potato. Yeah, potato. Um, but he is really good at herbology. And so I was just <laughs> thinking. <laughs> the two loves herbs. He loves herbs. herbs. Um, but herbology wand work it's mostly you know working with different plants knowing you know how to treat them how to feed them I and mean, there's a bit of wand work but so i was thinking like this is a good theory and then i remembered about his father's wand so frank longbottom and and alice longbottom neville's mother were both very powerful um uh ors the dad was an or at least i think the mom was as well and then of course they were tortured by Bellatrix Lestrange. And so Neville, as a tribute to his dad, uses his wand um, because it would otherwise go unused. And so I mean that's so sweet, first of all. What a good bean that Neville, my favorite. Oh my god. Oh, she's gonna cry. Oh, oh, no, 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 next one. I know. Okay, no. <laughs> so so anyway, so um in the battle of the Department of Mysteries. Neville and, and Ginny and, and them go with Harry and, and Ron and Hermione. And uh, Dolohov duels with Neville and breaks his wand, shatters the wand or steps on it. I don't remember exactly what happened to it. And so Neville, coming back, um, has to get his own wand for the first time. And his magic, his magical prowess, starts to, like, steadily increase. I mean, I think it was partially his confidence was increasing, uh, that he his helped handsomeness. his friends. Yeah, his handsomeness. Um, that his, you know, he had friends who he cared about. He did battle with Death Eaters. You know, he, he was, was really good at the teaching, you know, when they went to the, yes, um, yes. what's it called? When it went through the, what's it called? The, the Dumb- Room of Requirement. Yeah, the Dumbledore's, the Dumbledore's Army. Army. Yeah, when Harry um, goes uh, off to find Horcruxes, Neville takes over as the leader of Dumbledore's Army what against, a against um, Umbridge. And so I really like this theory. It, it makes a lot of sense to me and I think it was just, it's just to a show of, once again, like, you don't have to be the best at magic to to be a good person, like, to be good in this book series. And, but he is good at magic. But he, then, yeah, he is good at magic. And I, it kind of adds to that, like, wand lore as well, like, that wands really have a mind of their own. And, you know, even though... I like that. I like that, of, like, that the wands know who you are and they're not slaves they're not slaves to magic so i that's my favorite theory probably of this one um because it, it, it also helps me believe like yeah well you were good this whole time like, you were really good you just you just needed a little bit of boost buddy like yeah. then you're okay <laughs> I, I think i think this next one is one of my favorites uh, and it makes so much sense when you, oh, when you yeah. especially when you reread the books 
Um, a lot of it makes sense when you reread the books because there's so much in the Horcruxes and so much about Voldemort's history that you see in the, in the past, in the previous books. So here it is. Our next subtopic is the Horcrux in Harry made the Dursleys hate him. And it makes you know, so much sense because he, I mean, not only was he dropped off with this family mm-hmm. um, and this, this single kid who is just sort of a butt face, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to like, Buffy. I'm going to playground uh, I like it. terms here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the Dursleys, they are awful people regardless, but they may have been more abusive to him because, you know, he had a bit of Voldemort inside him. Yeah. I like it. I think it makes, it makes total sense. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, we saw how the locket Horcrux affected Ron and Harry too, but Ron more so, that Ron got more and more into this jealous bitterness about him and he only wore it for you know a couple of weeks maybe a couple of months Voldemort wasn't really and Voldemort was in more power by then so it could be that the Horcruxes were responding to that and were maybe more powerful mm-hmm. but even on a low level like mm-hmm. a low frequency that must be like driving you insane a little yeah, bit yeah everyday exposure to that you go up and down the stairs yeah. Where Harry lives. I know, just being around him. And I Fucking think assholes. they talked about it a little bit, like, that the Dursleys were always just kind of, like, shitty people. Like, that they were always, you know, Petunia didn't like magic and was resentful towards the magic. But I think, really, the Horcrux inside Harry amplified all of their worst qualities. Um, because there's just... It's hard to think, too, of just how could people treat a little boy, a little orphaned boy, in the way that he they did without some sort of, you know, I mean, provocation. They, un- unless they were muggles that were uh, privy to the knowledge of the magic world because Petunia's sister was a... Yeah, was a, was a witch. Yeah, yeah, I was like, a magic user. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, then, and then they would know of the war and of Boldy. Mm-hmm. And they would know why Harry was important. And well, so, they did. No, I know. That's yeah, what I'm saying. They yeah. know that. Yeah. And so that puts a lot of pressure on them. And as you know, standard English people who just mm-hmm. want a normal life, mm-hmm. that's not very proper or normal. That's true. So, there's so many things. Of course, they hated Harry. And it makes so much sense rereading the books, especially also after visiting England and understanding that's, you know, in- English culture is not American culture. And for anybody who thinks that they're the same, they're not. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, please don't beat orphans or be mean or put them under the stairs in any country. <laughs> well, it's common practice here in America. Yeah. <laughs> no. Do you have stairs in your house? I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've learned something about you today, babe. Yes. It's where the pantry <laughs> was. So our final, we, we talked a lot about um, Harry Potter one through seven and i wanted to address at least one fantastic beasts quickly quickly um because you know we're gonna get like five more movies of these so i kind of wanted to to address the one that at least right now ties the most into the book so and we'll talk more about these as the future movies come out yes and so we'll learn more hopefully so this theory is that ariana dumbledore is an obscurus and i actually talked about this um, on the Assembly of Geeks Geek Directive podcast when a Fantastic Beast came out. Um, but I want to reiterate here in case in case you, you didn't hear me and I like to hear myself talk very smartly about that, things. That's why we're here. <laughs> Can I tell them what an Obscurus is real quick? Yes. An Obscurus is an unstable and uncontrollable dark force that bursts out and attacks others. Uh, it can be born out of an Obscurial, which is a young wizard that we see oh, in Horwich. 
that we've seen that we see in um, magical beasts and where to find them, uh, who develops a dark parasitical magical force that results in their magic being suppressed through psychological or physical abuse. Yeah. I mean, good thing Harry didn't turn out to be an obscurist. That's a real yes, danger. Yes, exactly. Kind of dodged a bullet there. Oh my God. Okay, but Ariana Dumbledore, we think, wasn't obscurist. Yeah, and so we saw this in Fantastic Beasts with Ezra Miller's character. I don't remember his name. He had like a, like a Cletus or a Clayton or something sort of name. Cletus? Cletus? Um, Get back in yourself. And so we saw him, that he was, and they even talked about it in the movie, like he was a bit older than the other obscurial children that, that they had seen. So basically it was like that he grew up in this hyper-religious household, hyper-anti-magic. So he'd have to force it down and push it down. And um, that they talk about it in, in the Harry Potter books of wizarding children um, that they they can do, you know, Harry had some little magic where, you know, he makes the glass on the sink case vanish or moves pencils and stuff. Like that's healthy and that magical children should, should do that. You know, mm-hmm. It dispels this sort of built-up magic. So if you're not allowed to do that, that's where this obscurus comes up. And it's, it's like for any of you who have an overactive dog. If you don't train the dog or you don't go keep, take the dog for runs or walks, they're going to get pent up and they're going to start eating stuff and gnawing on your furniture. And that's why dogs pee in the house and do things like that because it's a pent-up obscurus your magical <laughs> animal is yelling at you through its magical pee yes and so when we watched fantastic beasts this automatically struck me like this sounds like Ariana dumbledore and so in the books we in the movies even less but the only thing we knew about her really was that when she was young um muggle boys in in their village attacked her when they saw her playing with magic and so she she was very traumatized. Um, Mr. Dumbledore um, ended up going to Azkaban and dying in Azkaban because he got revenge on the boys. And so the mother, um, Dumbledore's mother, basically locked Ariana away and didn't want, maybe there was a lot of bitterness there from the mother of that her husband was now um, in jail and then dead. And that Ariana started to, seem dangerous like that she didn't want her to go to hogwarts that she didn't want her practicing magic and ultimately ariana has a burst of magic that kills the mother and so dumbledore and abbeforth have to take care of her and so the other other thing we know about her is that um when dumbledore and grunewald become friends that grunewald becomes sort of fascinated by her and comes around the house and wants to, to look at her and talk to her and, and talks to Dumbledore about mad dark magic and all this kind of stuff. So again, this duel Aberforth and Grindelwald and, and Albus and Ariana is there and she unleashes uh, another of these bursts of magic and one of them kills her probably Grindelwald, but that's like Albus's ultimate shame. Like that maybe he killed his own sister. Um, and he would do it. I mean, if I, I, I mean, he would. maybe he was he young. Would. He was really young, and like the Aberforth even says, like I have no idea what was happening. Like in that duel, there was hexes and and jinxes flying everywhere, and she got hit, and then you know she 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 had like a panic, and then she was dead. You know, so I think this really fits with what she is, and it's a really almost subtle, and I don't know if Joe planned that at all like that she just maybe she had this thing about ariana dumbledore and then when it came to fantastic Beasts, she's like this thing that i've been thinking about and never really got to explore that'd be cool that'd be a cool thing to do um but it is a really neat way to tie in both 
movie series and, and book series. Absolutely. And so someone pointed out right when the movie came out too that the um, Fantastic Beasts book, the little tiny one, you know, I have it. It's like, I think the cover is green or red. Um, the fake publisher of that book is Obscurus Books. And so at least in name, she and Sklasic have thought about this concept of an Obscurus for a while, since 2001. Um, it's one of those really cool, like, Harry Potter theories that, like, maybe just came about, like, that she had been thinking, like, it's like her own fan theory, you know, like her own theory that she'd been thinking about, and then it finally came real, like, finally became became a real thing. Yeah, it's a really neat uh, theory, and it's a really neat concept, too, because it, it, even more so than what Harry Potter means to all of us, to hide you know, what you are, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, that touches so many people on many different levels. And, you know, for Harry Potter and JK Rowling to talk about it, um, I think it's such a great thing. And it's another reason why we all love Harry Potter. Yeah, it's so true. This corrupting force of not getting to be yourself. I think, yeah, you're, you, you nailed it. The, so many of us found ourselves from Harry Potter, you know, whether that was um, sexual identity or that we just super liked reading you know, like that we got to, to be our true selves at Hogwarts. Yeah. And continuing in the tradition. So it's a, you know, good, good job, Harry Potter. Good job guys. Well, this was so fun and I didn't cry once. Uh, you, you were getting close. I, a couple was, times. I, I was, saw. I purposely picked theories too, that I was not going to cry about because looking at some of these like Tumblr head cannons and like theories, I would have I would have been a mess. Yeah. I would have been a whole uh, mess. I, during the, the Neville one, I just saw you choke up a little bit and you caught it. You're like, <gasps> no, I'm going to catch it. Neville, no, Neville would want me to be strong, okay? And you were. <laughs> yes. And you, I, and you pictured but... Snape in your grandmother's clothing. Yes, <laughs> on the lipstick. Okay, babe, where, where do people find you on the interwebs? I'm at Screenwriter. On Twitter and Instagram. At Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, that's me, Screenwriter. I... It's, it's spelled funny, so good luck. <laughs> You'll find it. You'll find him. Follow at that Emily Kelly. Yeah. And then you'll find me. Exactly. I, as Peter said, I, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Emily Kelly. Um, you can also find me more often than not now on the Wednesday in Westeros podcast. We She's have, a regular. I, I I don't know if they're really calling you that, but it's kind of shaping up that way. I like it that way. I love it because I love talking with Todd and Taylor. If you guys listen to our Game of Thrones fan theories, you understand why we're we're friends with them because they're both super smart, funny dudes. Um, so I love doing Wednesday in Westeros. And, and on that podcast, we recap each week's um, Game of Thrones. So this week it'll be uh, episode three and Danny and John are going to meet. And I'm so excited. So please tune in. And all of these podcasts, ours, Wednesday and Westeros, Todd and Taylor show, and so many other great podcasts we found on the there network. And that's findusthere.org. All of us are also available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We get around, guys. We get around. There's, we get there's, the big ones. there's a lot of ways to listen to us. And so if you like listening to us, that's amazing. We love you guys. Thank you so much. And so we, we want this show to be about participation with you guys as well, because so many of you are the ones who come up with these, these theories that we talk about. So if yeah, shows, you, shows about you guys. Yeah, shows about you guys. So if you have an idea of a, a, a topic, a theme, a fandom that you want us to cover, shout it at us on Twitter and Instagram or, or anywhere. I think it's called a tweet. I think tweet. It's a tweet on Twitter. A shout, a, a, 
Yes. If you do yell that. at me tweet, is it a show? If you yell at me in person, first let's be friends, yeah. and then, yeah, then be tell me. If you yeah. don't introduce yourself first. Yes. So officially, we have not decided what we want to do for August. So if you have an idea, we would love to hear it, and we would love to to give you credit for telling us what to do. Indeed. So please find us on social media, and we will see you next month. Okay. I love you. Bye.